Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to Sportsland here on Scarif Bay Community Radio on 88.3, 92.7 FM and on the tuning app in association with their credit union. And on today's show, we're going to talk in Gaelic football and we're going outside the county where we're going to talk to one of the great, great players ever to play the game in Ireland, uh, in the country. It's Monaghan uh, legendary footballer Eugene Hughes who's gone through, you know, he was a tremendous battler on the field, but he's gone through a battle of his own in his personal life at this moment in time. So we'd be delighted to talk to Eugene. And now we're delighted to be joined on the line by one of the icons of, of football in, in the country, not in, in, in Clare by any matter of means, but a man who thrilled the hearts up and down the country of people uh, in, the, in the 70s and the 80s. A man who was a, a dual, an all-star in both defence an attack. He won three All-Stars. He won three Ulster Championships uh, with Monaghan. Give great enjoyment. And when you call a man by the name of... When a man is well-known by one name, Nudie, everybody knows who you're talking about. Eugene Hughes, you're welcome here to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Uh, thank you very much, Leo. Glad to be with you. No bother. And the pleasure the pleasure is all ours. Nudie, unfortunately, at the start, before we get, get into your, 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 own, your own career and your own life... Uh, Monaghan GA and 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 the the, the Gaelic Athletic Association lost a great goal uh, uh, during the week with the passing of the late Sean McCaig, a, a tremendous man, Eugene. Yes, a great uh, a great man in every sense. Uh, number one for the GA in in general, and uh, uh, for a community man, a man that didn't send that didn't set any ambitions. He done it as part of a club. He started, then developed into the county, then had an opportunity of uh, Ulster Council, then from then nominated to Central Council, then goes on then to be president. It was a stepping stone every time. A man that inspired teams, uh, which I was very fortunate to be with, but a, a real true family man, a gear and a club man, first really then developed into the county and then when he got became president really pitified. But when he stepped down from presidency, he only stepped down for a year, went back into the club scene again. So his whole life was based in GA, but fantastic character. Uh, his legacy will be it will be talked about for years of the fact that he managed Monaghan to the Centenary Cup final. He managed him to the first ever uh, National League Three Ulster Championships. Uh, we threw, we qualified for uh, seven out of ten years for, for the playoff stages of the league, all underneath Sean McCaig. So, like he, his legacy is there for people to aspire to, to be participate in what he developed, created out of nothing. Because he watched team, good morning teams, uh, fall by the way I say before he took up the the position as manager because before that and I was part of the scene was there was used to be five man of management team and when you have five men uh, trying to make a decision there was always going to be falls along the way and we didn't we didn't actually captivate any titles so we've done very little in those times. And Eugene just to, to follow on the point and Sean he's left an indelible mark not only on the people of Monaghan but on the GA community as a whole. Yes, he he participated in Evan Rule Twenty One, but it was it's the fact that he, he everywhere he went, he 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 was he was a what you call it, a signal man. He had a presence that got into the room. His speeches were effective, delivered to the point, and always precise. Getting to the point, really, it's a yes or a no, 
but together we can achieve this. We fall, we divide. He didn't want that. And that's where Sean McKeague really stepped into the fore in the GA circle and the family of life, we call it, in Monaghan. And he inspired everybody else. But the main thing he carried through was everything he talked about, he delivered on. And his presence was there and he backed it up when it needed to be backed up. Yeah, and indeed, we, we send our sincere sympathies to all Sean McCaig's family. You know, he, he may be gone, but in uh, Sean McCaig will never, ever be forgotten. Eugene, going back going back to your own your own career, as you said, it, it maybe took a, a man like Sean McCaig to come in and change the fortunes of Monaghan football. As you said, you know, Monaghan was, you know, the population isn't that, isn't that big there. For me, it's um, following Monaghan football, and they're my favourite favorite county that... You know, outside outside of I suppose the local uh, monster counties, but I love to see Monaghan and the brand of football they play. But it wasn't always that way, Eugene, until Sean McCaig. It was kind of a sleeping a sleeping giant, maybe shall we say? Yes, it was. We had Leo. We had fabulous teams before that, but the trouble is when you have if it's an agreement to make switches on the day. So when there was a meeting in in nineteen. 19- in uh, 1978, sorry, in 1978, to, to go change the system, one manager, few selectors, and Sean McCabe became that man. And we had a bad experience the first year we went down to play Anthem in Casement Park. And uh, it was one of those days where Anthem, we tried everything, it didn't work. And Anthem clicked and they, they beat us. And we were very hotly favoured for it. And uh, Sean learned from that. The following year, we had down in, in Casablini. And the, man, the, the great thing about it is Sean could be two men. He can be the gentleman, but when you want the job done, his attitude could change. And uh, I remember the referee was beside uh, our dressing room going out, and, and Sean was saying, now listen, boys, go out there, give it your best. And this down team's a good team. The record there spans for themselves. So the next thing, the referee went on out and we were just ready to go, right, boy, sit down. Now we're going to say these boys are in our territory <laughs> and we're going to show them something. The whole change, structure changed and we went to, became victorious that time. We went on then to win first title in 41 years, as Claire would know, after 67 years yeah. in 95. So it was really, uh, he, he led those ways and every year from then on, uh, we were playing Division 3, we came through all the channels, losing only one game each year uh, until we achieved our goal in 94 or 84 and 85. We won in our National League, uh, beating Arma in the final. But Sean McKeague had been at the forefront of every one of the championships, McKenna Cups and the National League. And Eugene, do you know, to, to follow on the point of Sean, and you said you changed the, the system to a manager and selectors, I take it not everybody was happy in Monaghan with, with you know, it probably was a, a change from the norm. Did it take much to get that through, to get that system through? It, it, not really, because the players had backed it and the players themselves knew club football in Monaghan is very strong. I yeah. mean, we, we were very fortunate to have Tom Russell join us in Casablanca and uh, Tom was also championship there. Like between Scotland and Casablanca, they had six also championships in a very short period. And Scotian got to the all air in the final in 79 when Nemo beat them. Right. We were pipped by uh, St. Fimbers in the semi-final by a point after a replay. Uh, the, the club football was very strong. And 
the fact is the county was progressing all the time. Sean McCaig was able to influence the key people in those areas that had a bit of negativity about them. But it wasn't, it wasn't about confrontational. It was about how to get those people across to the way of thinking of the modern way of playing football and how we work as a group to achieve one common goal. That was to make modern football better. And Eugene, you know, as you said, you know, you had great teams and you know, the Scotstown team, what, 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 you know, the names roll off, the McCavills, you know, just come, come to mind, your own, your own club, you know, McEnany and, and, you know, I'm just trying to think of, of there, was a, there was a tremendous rivalry though in, in Monaghan football. Um, when the team came together then, was there a, any problem in getting the players to gel once they came into the county setup? Uh, Something, yes. Now and again, to be a flare-up, and uh, Thomas would say it was war without bullets. That was actually the training, the training played because there was 13 of the county team between the two players, five yeah. from Castleblaney and eight from Scotland. But the, the atmosphere at training was hell because really it was, you played, Sean would start the training, we'd always finish with 15, 20 minutes of a game. Of by Christ I came, you'd be glad to get off the field. You'd be looking for the opposition to play on a Sunday because after coming through the session, you'd say, and it wouldn't be easier than playing against our own men because the lights weren't great in St. McCartan's College, you know, like the yeah. modern day lights now. When the ball was in a pay, usually you had to make sure you were looking at the man running to you, not the ball, because <laughs> he would be waiting till you go. And this is facts, it wasn't just a bit of character. But McCaig just let it very rarely, if there was a bad tackle, yes, it'd be called. But many a man lay on the ground, no whistle. You got up, you took your punishment in the field. Because on Sunday we're playing Armagh, Tyrone, Dublin. You're going to get the exact same thing. And that's what made that Mullen team very good. And uh, Scotland and Casablini were to the forefront in the county finals throughout uh, the 70s, 80s and early 90s. But the one thing that Scotland and Castleblaney had was whatever happened in the field stayed, stayed in, the in the field. Yeah, and that's a that's a great a great trait of anyone. Eugene, as you said, you won. Uh, now we 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 as you as you alluded to earlier, we well know about famines down here in Clare. We were absolutely starving uh, uh, for success and thought we'd never never ever see the day and the delight it brought. You know, when when we won the Munster Championship in '95, okay, we went on and 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 won the All Ireland subsequently, but. For yourselves in in Monaghan, and you know, you're as you said, you're a, a very close knit and a, a close tight 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 community with with numbers not as big as anyone else. But that breakthrough, that first breakthrough after forty one years, it must have just illuminated the county. Oh, that uh, we went, we actually went bananas. There's no question about it. Like uh, for for us to win us the title, we were used to going to Crow Park, seeing all down um, uh, Cabin. And you were cheering on, even the boys say we get very hard to cheer some teams on. We did cheer on uh, as a as a gale from the north. But when it came to your own county and you you played the Donegal in the final and we won it like the euphoria throughout the county that day. Like I remember having a suit on me that day where I was like the black and white minster throw that <laughs> evening. I had I was up against a pebble dash wall and it was just rolled from one side to the other. And I, I'll never forget it because everywhere we went for that whole week was just total mania and uh, the celebrations were fanatical. Like yourselves, we did celebrate a wee bit extra, but 
you you're know, enti- you're entitled to. You're entitled, entitled to. Correct. And because you've heard so much about we were nearly there, nearly, but we didn't deliver. And Eugene, you know, the Anglo-Cell Cup, as people know, here is the trophy for the for the Ulster Championship. And, you know, we, from watching games on television, and I have been to a couple of Ulster Championship, uh, Ulster football games, the intensity in the Ulster Championship at any time was always weighted, I always thought, of any of the other uh, uh, provinces. The intensity of the games up there, the rivalry up there, you know, you didn't win an Ulster Championship easily. No, it's, there's no question about it. It was it's a different style of football. Uh, there's no... Uh, like Kerry played one game during the Munster final because the other teams weren't as strong as organised as they are now. There's a bit more of competition. Uh, they played two games in Royal Ireland final. In Ulster, you played three games, maybe four games to get to, to win Ulster. A big price, even for Mana, you'd think it would be easy. You go down there, which Mana... They've beaten one in three or seven years. They just galvanise each other. The spirit of the county is really when you step across, you have, it's all right, you have not too bad when you're playing at home. But when you cross the border and you go into their county, oh my God, it's a different atmosphere altogether. And you have to be prepared. As they say, you die for the ball. That's the no quality ball. You have to win it twice as much because the Fermanas, the Anthems, that wouldn't be highly ranked. But by God, that one given day they can perform, they have a home venue and they're up against Monaghan. They will lift the dead out of the graveyards and defend with their lives, as the man says. And yeah. that's it. That's what football's about. They bring passion, bring passion. Championship brings passion to a new level, doesn't it? Eugene, you played, or Nudy, you played cornerback on, on that first winning team. And, you know... At that time, it was a, tra- a traditional uh, 15 v 15, the tactics, you know, it was an old style uh, compared to now, it was an old style football game. But even at that stage, even at cornerback, you were very much uh, one to watch because you were probably meant to have moved out of your position maybe a bit more than, than others. Is that true? Is that fair to say? Yeah, we had a reunion there at the, at the graveside uh, last weekend at Sean's funeral with the 85, or the 79, 85, and 88. And- of course, uh, the conversations always come up and they always say, the reminiscence here, you were very lucky. And I said, yeah, well, luck is what you make it. And because uh, you were always attacking up the field. But I always, my answer was very simple. There was only one ball in the field and your job was to get that ball. And if it happened to venture 50 yards from goal and you could anticipate and read the situation, if it worked for you, it worked for you. It worked against you by price. You were exposed. A few times it didn't work for me. Majority it did. But that was the way the game was played. And that was the way you ended up. If it was a, a direct game, you played the ball long, that was it. And, and thankfully, a lot of the situation worked out very well for us. Yeah, and, and of course, you, you ended up with with with, with your with an All-Star as well at Connebeck and you picked up uh, three, three All-Stars. Going on then uh, for, for Monaghan football, and you know, really, you, you were in the, you were playing as you said, you were very, very competitive. You, you were always getting to hill, more than hill your own in the national league. You know, getting to the latter stages. Then it came, I suppose, to the the, the middle eighties, and that centenary cup was a uh, maybe another big breakthrough along with the national league, Eugene. And you know, they may be the the the, the second tier not second tier tournaments but the second in rank to the championship but what they done for Monaghan football could not be underestimated no it was it was definitely a, 
a, a time for change in a game and the Centenary Cup uh, was definitely a change. We played five games. We played uh, Limerick, I think it was in Carrick Macross, and a uh, very tight game. Just scraped through by, I think, four points. But Limerick had put it really up to us. But we were playing Mayo away then in Ballina, and of course, a lot of the players say, oh, that we're going to have no chance against Mayo. And a car of players, the best way to describe it, didn't turn up for the game. And we just had the bare 50. I think we had 16 or 17. That was it. And uh, we we scraped through. I didn't scrape through. We, we beat uh, Mayo convincingly. And then we were drawn against Offaly and the games in Crow Park. We had three games in a row in Crow Park. The players bonded, bonded well. We responded, got the extra time in the semi-final against Derry. And uh, we got on to play in Mead. And it was the changing of the Mead structure too, because that was a young Mead team, yeah. very much like Monaghan. And we were waiting for the breakthrough. And of course, there'd be a rivalry, there'd be, there'd be a rivalry there between Monaghan and Mead as well. Oh, there'd be no love lost there. Uh, a Mead man. If you got a, a pound of a Mead man, you'd be a millionaire. And uh, it'd be worse than the cabin man because he'd all, he'd make two out of it. But it 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 made it made the Mead team, and Mead never looked back after that. When they became victorious in that final, uh, they beat us by two points in a, in a good tough match, as you'd expect against yeah. Mead. But uh, they, they came on, they went on, and Dublin had been hammering Mead every year in the in the finals. Up to that, the following year, the whole thing changed. That Mead team added to their success and went on Leinster. And as we know, they came on with their all Irelands. And we competed one Ulster, but we didn't make the breakthrough because we always ended up against the Munster team, which is twice against Kerry, 80, 79 and 85, and then Cork in 88. And that was the difference. Yeah, and you know the draw. I know the draw, but can't you? And I was at the the drawn game uh, when you played Kerry in 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 eighty five. And you know, I thought that was the day you were going to going to make the breakthrough. You know, Kerry had lost in 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 eighty four, and they were kind of they were or they were coming with you know Timmy Dowd and these guys coming through. They, we didn't think they were going to to get all the way, but invariably in Crow Park, Eugene, you rose your game to even another level. And as you said, the draw wasn't kind to you, but you were. Very, very unfortunate. We were unfortunate, and the trouble is when you're playing with teams. Uh, now it's a very much psychological part of the game. Uh, it was totally different then. In some ways, you go out there and you have your tactics done, whatever way it was. The trouble was the name Kerry had built up, the response they had in championships, uh, in particularly in '86 after coming from us in '85. Uh, they, they had that wee bit extra. But yeah. the team, uh, most of our players, maybe three or four of us believed we could handle Kerry. The rest didn't. When we went to eight points clear and Sean Kennedy kicked that ball in the need to Cusick stand, I remember it. 40 yards, yeah. hit the black spot on top of the post, came down lands and Jared Power, and Jared does what he always does, stuck with the net. We went from eight points down, Kerry scored one, two, to three points up. And... We did respond well, but the players were waiting for the onslaught to come from Kerry, which didn't come, but it kept they kept nibbling away. They hadn't some players hadn't the belief that they could handle the situation. Teams will always come back at you. It's how you respond in that time, minimize the damage. And we sort of let them grow in us. We responded well, we had our chances. We had more percentage wise, we had more percentage, but 
trouble was Kerry knew what to do with the ball uh, but he struggled with it and I suppose Eugene every time you go into a crow park without bringing up I, I say you can still see that ball hitting the post every time you walk in there tell you what Leo if, uh, I get a bat in the head more times from the post umpire because I keep thinking I have nightmares about it still and I'm sure Kenny's probably listening because Jacker does be up playing golf and conquer wood there regular and I'll tell you he just reminds it you know I played midfield in every all round I played he said Jacker well, if I was out round you I'd have you wedged to the ground <laughs> so we bring it up regular it's more fun than anything yeah, else because yeah. we can look back on, on uh, more admiration for the teams that we played against and we failed against, and unfortunately, we didn't succeed. Eugene, you 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 transferred in from the the backs to the forwards, but I suppose it was probably on the cards for the way you played corner back anyway, because you were you were the first of, as I said, the attacking corner backs. You were kind of changing the, the nature of the game. You were comfortable it, going to the forwards. Yes, yeah, so it, it's it's when your club when I was playing with Castlebeny Fogs, I was full back nearly every position. I'm very fortunate. I played in every scene, including goals for the county. Uh, when they changed the rule to, to, to speed up the game, the goalkeeper uh, was kicking out the ball. Because if you remember, that was the mid eighties yeah. when the game had changed, and the, the one to speed the game up was too much line time loss for kickouts. So I was putting goals, and the players an attacker, and the, the halfback would cover, cover back for me when I'd be moving up the field. It was all those we add ups that sort of you you went along with it. The one given thing, and uh, I was born of a family of 14, very little, all we do is play football. And if there's only one ball in the field, you control it when you have the ball. And that's the secret in, in any game, because it's all possession now, they don't kick it. They want, they want to be sure to hand pass at 10 yards. We'd be starved if we were playing today, uh, the way the modern game has gone. And uh, it, it's, it's you can adapt to it. And I was very fortunate. I enjoyed I enjoyed playing football. And when you enjoy things, everything sort of falls into place after that. And Eugene, you know, as you're, to make the, you make the point the way the game has changed now, how do you think yourself you would have done in the game the way it's played at the moment? And look, you would have adapted because, you know, many of your ability would, would adapt to any game. But how would you see yourself playing in the game as if you were playing at this moment in time? Leo, I wouldn't pass the ball at all. <laughs> Look, because they tell you one thing. They tell you now that you can't shoot at the goals. On average, they're only allowed three players to shoot at goals. The rest are workers. Uh, yes, you could exploit the, the, the game now. I would still use the, uh, the forward six foot four because remember, the damage, the more you play in your own backs, the more you will attract attention there and the more chances of mistakes. Yeah, adapted every situation. I would still use my big man, the six foot four fella, on the square and let the ball in. Coaches will tell you everything now. Most of them haven't played the game. Yeah, they're coming from a, a background of college, doing statisticians, dietitians, everything, and you're getting wraps out the field. And the ball's a dirty wet night, and the ball's kicked in. The chances are the mistake happening in the square, and you running in after and burying the ball net. Is higher than walking the ball in and maybe getting a score. That's the way that the game has gone. But it, that's, the, that's the modern. They'll have to change it sooner or later because the hurling has taken off, changed the whole, it's changed the whole uh, face of hurling this past couple of years. The football has suffered. Dublin has gone down, which has changed things. You give everyone else a chance. Now they'll be back this year. But the game needs to improve. 
for entertainment wise for people. But as a player, past me out watching it now, it's very, very hard to watch. Yeah, and you know, that's the point I was going to going to make too. As a you know, as a spectator sport, it's not the ideal game uh, to watch. And you know, we 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 because we are very proud of the hurling down here, even though, you know, and we're proud of the football as well. And even this, the only thing is the standard in the football in the county has dropped you know the tactics that are going on it's not a spectator friendly sport uh, Eugene and you'll be afraid that you're going to lose people from the game unless they, they change tweak things around some bit well no later than uh, last Saturday at, at the funeral and talking to different people at it, the, the more in the scopes now the GA is caught in anything because it's, it's down to managers like managers are telling players to five nights a week, and the five nights they don't kick the ball. The more it's all about possession. And how can a player uh, not? How can the score get a player? Well, oh, I can't shoot because if I miss it wide, the put it down as a miss will be mm. taken off. And you know, he, he, football is about expressing yourself. Your job is growing up through your club to tell you when you get the ball, ex- expand your mind. When you, it's a new game. The ball's there, you put it over the bar. That's your job. That's what you're taught the whole way through. And then all of a sudden, when you become a county player, they tell you, no, you walk the ball into the area. Don't take the shot. We see it in the club finals. And uh, that's the way the game has gone. But it it is struggling. People are struggling with it. And you'll see the numbers are good when they get to the playoffs this last year because Dublin had dropped out. But they need a lift. They need games to keep everyone alive, uh, entertainment, because it, the whole passion of Gaelic football is for competitive and the, not knowing what's going to happen. But everyone knows going on the field, it's going to w- walk across the field, volley played in phase, it's just like rugby league. Yeah. 10 metre pass, that's it. And it's a sad thing for us that had won the best entertainment field sports in the world. Now we struggle to get people to go to it. Yeah, and can we, you're looking at your own Monaghan team, right? And it's the one thing that attracted me to Monaghan. I always loved the brand of football that Monaghan played. I'd love to see, you know, the the Jack, Jack McCarron. I know his, his father was a brilliant footballer in his day, Ray McCarron as well. You know, the Conor McCarthy's. I had a great love. I used to love watching Tommy Freeman. He was a kind of a free spirit of a corner forward. You know, you have Conor McManus there now uh, playing uh, for Monaghan. And you know, one of the best forwards in the game and he's practically starved of the ball a lot of the time. Now, I know he's probably double-marked most of the time, but, you know, these um, footballers, you know, you're only around for so long and Monaghan are going to have to maybe capitalise on having McManus. He's not going to be around forever. You had a very successful under-20 team last year. Unfortunately, lost um, the leader in the late Brindon Og Duffick. You know, yes. Um, how where do you see Monaghan football at the moment? Yourself, uh, Eugene, as a passionate uh, supporter. Well, we have new structuring now, and Vinny Curry with his with his management team, which is great to see our own. Now, Vinny will have his work cut out. There's no question. The team has got aged. Uh, Connacht managed be resting for a while. Uh, one that one of the best finishers in the game, but you need player support around him. Yeah, this hasn't been the case this past while. Now they are struggling. Jack McCann's been great year this year, uh, and he has the ability, but the other players are not stepping up to the mark, and that's our problem. Now we are aged. 
there was no one rushing into the to take over the county, as you've seen. And uh, just to follow on the point, the just thing. to follow on the point, just the one question I was going to ask you, Eugene. You know, you would imagine that Monaghan would have been a, a, a job that many, many people, you know, would aspire to take. You know, with, with a great tradition and playing a lovely brand of football, it just seemed to take an awful long time to appoint uh, Vinnie Corey after the or Seamus McEnany passed the men who had given great service as well and is still given service to Cardiff who are in the Ulster Intermediate uh, Club, fo- club Football yeah. Final. But really, if you were going to go for an icon, was Corey looking from the outside, was he not the obvious choice maybe to go for? No, see, like, being honest, and like there's, there's no hidden agenda, you have to speak to facts. They did look outside the county and there was managers touted about, names touted about. It didn't work. The trouble is that no one should know anything. If you're going to look for a manager, uh, it's never a secret if you tell someone. Mm. So the only person should know is the man that's going and the man that's meeting. So there's too much talk and it cut out. The only thing that happened was in the end, we have our own. And like it or lump but Finney Corey and his team will do everything in their power. He knows his age team. He has to protect McManus and that there because Connors is 35 my. So we know he's he finished with there's 40 good minutes of Conor McManus. Yeah. And that's what we have to use him for. Uh, and the way it's been now this past while with the younger players coming through, we have a good on the 20 squad, but most of the senior players then are on the wrong side. So of the 30 mark so the man looking at the team this past the key management we call in Ulster looked at the team and say it wouldn't be very good when you look at uh, Gall with good underage structure coming through Ama flying through Derry making good progress so they're all looking and saying well I don't think one of them will be up there with them so that's it and Throne will always be there and we have thrown the first round so It'd be a live, it'd be a dinger of an opener. And that's what the management team was. That's what people looking from the outside was looking at. And uh, we're very happy now. We're very confident that Vinny will do his utmost because he's been, he's coached well. Martin, the brother, the CM, Dermot McCarty, uh played with the county for years. Yeah, good player, good footballer, yeah, good footballer, yeah. So you have that. Yeah, and indeed, it is a good base to work for. And if the county comes behind, as you say, you have Tyrone in the first one. Can Brian Doher and Fergal Logan turn the fortunes at Tyrone around? They had a very poor uh, 2022. Can they turn the fortunes around in 2023? Of course, you hopefully they won't that in the first round anyway. Yeah, we're hoping they can because there was a lot of players dropped out. But that's going to happen. They weren't expecting to achieve what they achieved the first year. Yeah. And when you achieved all air in the first year and the training, the training regime, they call it, but what they went through, the amount of training sessions they went through, young boys didn't want to be uh, tied down the whole life to this. Yeah. And they, they put in an awful sacrifice and they said after a year, look, I, I think it won't take a year or two out. And, and that's the way it's gone. Yeah. Now, Throne will be back, there's no question. Uh, might not be as strong, but there will be a formidable force now playing them in, in, in Ulster first round. And then, you, of course, then you have your Armea coming on the open. McGinney is there a, a, a long time now, and in fairness to Armea County Board, they've been they just didn't go anywhere. They kept they kept uh, faith with him. He's going to have to deliver silverware this year, uh, Eugene. Artist probably curtains. 
Well, they keep saying that every year. Yeah, I know. Okay. Situation in Armagh. But yes, McGinney, a very good coach. The management structure in him, I would say, would be questionable. But he's yeah. bought, uh, he's bought star in with him, Kieran. Danny, yeah. Uh, he's improved the football in the forward line. Defensively, they need the structure behind. Uh, McMinimum need to join him in this backroom team. This, this steady the ship in the defence. Uh, they have great talent up front. But like everything else, in Ulster, it means nothing. Yeah. When you play them in the home territory or away, it's a tight field and you have to be prepared to do that bit extra on the field to deliver a, a championship win whenever you're asked. And of course, then you look across at Donegal then and Michael Murphy and, you know, follow on your point there, Donegal playing Michael Murphy, out, you know, probably the best target man, that, one of the best target men that ever played the game. And playing him 70, 60, it, it just seemed Ill- illogical to me. Uh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't know enough about the game of football, but to play a man like that, that had probably led you to an All-Ireland by hitting the ball into him, and then you go and you go do the complete opposite. Yes, the trouble is, yeah, you, you don't know who's wa- wagging the tail there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very unfair. Michael Murphy, multi-talented. Uh, I would never like the star. I wouldn't be taking him out of the... Let him, if they're triple marking him, leave him there. that knees, give the ball in, he will create mayhem in the square. And if the ball breaks, all you do is play the percentage, put your men up with the men. So the, the coaches don't look at this thing. They look at, make sure we have a defence intact post. It's uh, a strange decision because two weeks early before you retired, he was looking forward to the, the new year, the new league structure, the whole yeah. the new league performance. This was all it, and then when Paddy Carr was and Rock, you know, he tore it around, and all of a sudden we hear that he retired. So, you know, Paddy Carr, Donny Goldman, you know, an interesting choice, but like Monaghan, there was no one rushing to the table, yeah, they go for the job, and uh. That's the way it was. Oh, yeah, it was that's, a, that's the way it ended up. Yeah, it's, a, it. it's, a, it's a surprise choice to know that. Um, looking outside of Ulster, then obviously Kerry are the team to beat, you know, and of course, you know, following on with uh, Clifford and the, the great stars that they have, Shawnee O'Shea and all that. As you say, Dublin will be back as well, uh, Eugene, you know, but but the game of football is just going to have to be tweaked as small bit, you know, from, you know, uh, with, with rules or whatever, just to make it more of a spectacle, you know, Kerry play a lot of the, you know, foot passes, you know, is there something maybe in the rules that maybe you have to kick so many times or whatever that you think might tweak it a small bit? Well, I, there should be no passing back with inside their own 45. Right. Everything goes forward. And that that was in the sevens rule and that would change the idea. Number, number one is playing the sweepers back. There's no question... I don't like the mark. There's no skill in the mark, no matter what they say. Yeah, it's, it's, prob- it's probably it's probably it's probably not a te- it's not it's probably not a change. It hasn't it hasn't made the game any better. It, it hasn't, and they have to look at it because the whole thrust of the game in Gaelic football was getting the ball up, being hit in the inside, fair and square. But when your whole job was to get the ball in the inside and take on the, the forward, there's none of that happening now. Yeah. And it, Clifford does it now and again. The trouble is that's only one player out of thousands of players playing the game. It's just and it's and the sad thing, and if they don't change it, it's happening the whole way on the ridge because they're playing, they're killing the game yeah. on the ridge because they're not they're not living on the twelves 
to see a guy with a lot of games as you've been there. The man can't see 25. He can't see the player making the run 25 yards ahead. Yeah. All he sees is the player 10 metres in front of him. It's it's unbelievable. Now, the Kerrys will be there. Dublin definitely will be back. The Mannion back. Um, McCaffrey back. And McCaffrey back. They're a big plus for them. The plus they're on the 20s had done well previous. They'll get one or two players from that. But the whole cost of it is the... Or, um Costco Comet Callahan. Yeah. Callahan back. I'm telling you if if yeah, he'd been playing in the final Yeah, in the yeah, semi final against they Kelly. Might, it, Ronnie Pointon, yeah. they might not have won it, they might not have won it semi final, but at the same point, if he's back for Dublin, it'll be it'll be gonna be interesting. I mean they can see on the column this year, Sean Boylan in the background, great structure they have. Yeah. They will put it up to him, there's no question. Yeah. But I don't expect the the finishing that Dublin has in the forward line. They're they're synchronized, like synchronized swimmers. They know exactly how to split the defences and the ball is always timed properly. And when Callahan gets the ball, the lead space and he gets one to one. He used his first option, not a point. His goal. His first option is goal. And the rest of the boys can take points, but his first option is goal and they know uh, the six forwards and five other forwards around them, that they'll all take out points. There's no question from and uh, James McCarty coming up from the half back on midfield. More, uh, th- that's the way you look at it. Yeah, they have the edge. Ulster will will compete, but they'll have the Galway and the Mayo back again. Yeah, and that's the way the game has gone. Yeah, and that's you're going to look at it that and the, the freshness what the GA has done with the Holland should be reinvented in the in the football. They'll have to do something to make like the Holland everyone watches the Holland. In the Gaelic football in Crow Park, the bars are still full at half time. Yeah, I have been at it couple, fifteen yeah, minutes into yeah, the game. Yeah. There's no doubt. Eugene, you're you know, you've been a tremendous footballer and have had, had a great career. You've been involved in coaching. You're still involved in coaching. How do you you know, with the way the game is going now how do you coach uh, young lads? And I know you probably still li- like to do maybe the old style game of kicking and getting the ball up. You know, how can you mirror mirror that with the game or even with fellow coaches maybe two of you on the, on the, on the sideline? How do you get your point across? It, it, it's, they can have a funny situation but I was looking at the, the games and people have to, you, to reinvent the game. Keep it simple reinvent the mind of the players that's playing out the field, particularly in the two between the two forty fives, because they're the ones that control it. The ball is very rarely kicked out to those areas. They're, like when you have a goalkeeper taking the second best scorer in the team, there's a problem. because uh, the rest of the players, the rest of the forwards, that that's that's a problem. So you're taking away the, the percentage of skill level the player right. has, you're putting it into the goalkeeper. My, my style would be still very much ball out to the middle to break a ball 50-50. We, if it's 60-40, it can work that way. Yeah. We're not blessed with six foot four and six foot five as some other counties are. But the whole the whole thrust of the game for from Monon's point was smash and grab. The ball breaks, you go twice as hard as the man opposite you. And that was the way. But in the forward line, there's the ball in first time. And use your man in the square. It still will out, out. It will outpace any defender because the ball will travel faster 
and it's kicked first time. There's no doubt about that. And look at you being a tremendous exponent of that uh, all, all through your career. You've had a brilliant career, uh, career um, what on and off the field as a footballer. Eugene, unfortunately, you've had your trials and tribulations off the field as well. You're, you're battling a nilness at the moment with the same vigour and courage that you played on the football field. How is everything going at the moment? Oh, it's, it's up and down, but uh, it's it's the 10% that happens to you that sort of knocks you a bit. But, but, but you have to look at the 90% that you react to, and that's where you deliver the final curtain. I'm playing two halves. I'm playing against the wind the first half, so I don't expect to play against the wind for the second half. So the challenge is there. Uh, there's new opportunities comes along with each day and each week but you know it, it's what's in you it's the fight that's in the dog not the size of the dog and uh, I, I just look at things in a, in a positive be around positive people no negativity because life's too short and it's full of a uh, situation where people tell you I want to deliver this and I, I want to do that it, it's you, you can you can have all the sympathy you want. At the end of the day, when you're on your own, uh, you have to deliver. Uh, that's it. And you know whatever happens, happens. But uh, like everybody else, uh, Seamus Hidden had a hospice thing there uh, the year before us in 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 Roscommon. Seamus, the good, the pr- uh, Seamus the, a, a brilliant midfielder in his day. Oh, that's a savage man. A man, don't play him for, don't play him a few bob for golf and money, <laughs> money wise, because he'd clean you. The same man. And the size of the hands to the size of my feet yeah. to the uh, But we were over the, at the thing and we stayed overnight at the at the charity do. And um, I was talking to a few people and then James just mentioned that I was there and, and uh, we had great crack. The thing about what well, I couldn't get over, I end up talking to ten or twelve people. Men that had testicle cancer, uh, prostate cancer, all kinds of cancer, but didn't tell anybody. And I couldn't get over. I left that night nearly drained, but happy because I met them the next day and said, "Look, I'll be staying in the hotel if you want to come in." And so I met five or six of the new devices that played against in the seventies and eighties. The trouble we have as male, we don't talk about it. And a lot of them hide and think, oh, I, I don't want to annoy anybody or there's a stigma to it. Uh, it's not contagious. It's within you and you have to show up and make yourself presentable on the day. The fight is within yourself. You have to deliver what's inside you to the doctor and talk to the doctor. Male don't do that. I was following the progress of a young lady in, in uh, England going around the schools. Her, her son died at 16 with testicle cancer. Uh, young males don't check themselves because my two sons, I was telling the boys, I want you to check your testicles all the time. I thought it was a bit strange. Yeah. But because I'd be very open, I would say, I want you to check your testicles. When I was doing an underage, boys, listen, I want you to go home and tell them, I want you to check yourselves all your brothers with you, and I want you to check yourselves. You just have to do it. It's part of the game now, mental health. And it's a big thing. When I left that was commenting, I said, we are not in touch. This mental health thing, it is good, but you have to get it. to the. When you get it, 
later on in life, it's not the same. You have to be getting the young people at schools that it becomes natural to check themselves. When they do get an illness, they go and see about it. The male, as you get a lot older, they don't bother. They just say, oh, I think it'll, pa- it'll, it'll pass through. And then they go when something's wrong with them and they get sick. And uh, I've been very fortunate. Good people around me. The family's been very good. But the GEA in general, in all of the fundraising we do, it, it is, it's just unbelievable. But the one thing you can't do, you can't accept all the gratitude. You have to match it twice as much for yourself because you're the only one can inspire or talk to people or lead people in from dark places into a light and say to them, there is a better path. Stick with it for another month or two. There will be new drugs coming on the scene. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and I don't want to... I, I, you don't look for sympathy. You just go out and make sure we as people do the best we can to help and not to be a hindrance to anybody because at the end of the day, there's no reruns in life. Whatever we do on the day, the hour, next week, we that's in us. And all you have to do is keep working hard. Uh, and that's at the end of the day, that's all anyone wants. Yeah, and indeed, you know, you speak of the GA community there, um, Eugene, and of course, one of your surgeons was one of your greatest rivals um, when you were playing football of your neighbour in County Mead, the great Jerry McEntee. <laughs> oh, talk about the character. <laughs> You're in after, you have to get a second opinion. Uh, they were doing things to you, and so uh, Professor McCaffrey referred to Jerry. And uh, I was in with uh, Teresa, and uh, we were there, and, yeah, and next thing, uh, Jerry's there with his two nurses, and they're writing out the thing, and he's gone through everything. And he says, Right, uh, we can't do this. Nice, fine. I kept my head down. And he says, look at, he says, uh, we'll walk in this here. And I said nothing then, and I kept my head down. And uh, Jerry was saying, you all right? And I says, uh, I just lifted the head. I said, Jerry, you'd have to take some responsibility for this. <laughs> the, the nurse quit writing. And he says, the tackles you made at me in the Centenary Cup final, Jesus Christ, a bullock wouldn't get out of the tackles. And he posted out yeah. laughing. So it was, you bring humour yeah, to a situation have to have that there. And, you have it. and Jerry, we, we ended up, he rings me regular I did, to see how we're going on. I had to meet him in the, in the matter every week, near enough. And uh, his character, and he is, he's very straightforward, tells you as it is. By Christ, when he played against you, he was cutting you in two, no matter what you didn't say. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the type of characters you meet and uh, become great friends. And, and we play golf regular Conqueror Wood, and it's brilliant. And Eugene, finally, isn't that the essence of the GA, really, the community? You know, of all you were rivals on the field, but the friendships you develop and the relationships you develop at, uh, on the field, you know, they stay with you forever. There's no question there. It doesn't matter where I go. I end up having a, a great night in most places. And no different when I go down to Dergail, there at the park and Anne and the girls. And uh, a lovely, a lovely, fam- a lovely, a lovely family. Oh, a lovely family, and I love the area because I can go and have my few pints, go out in the water then. Uh, not not into the water swim, <laughs> <laughs> but go out in the boat with Park and I take you around the place. It's such a relaxing place. But that was all built through GA. And it doesn't matter where I went. I was very fortunate that 
the name Nudie was, was a bit contagious. And then when you when you match it by having a bit of crack with it, uh, everybody sort of said, "Geez, he's not a bad guy. He was all right of a footballer." And I remember telling people, "Oh, that's a, that's a player boy. I wouldn't talk to that man. Geez, he's all right. Oh, I would. He's only a, a riffraff from Monaghan and there. I'd be running it the way I'm there." And she said, "Then end up, I nearly get the, the head behind me because I'd be running down myself, but they wouldn't know it was me." Yeah. And it, the crack would be good, but the the family within the GEA, and it is a family and a community in every par parish in the country. It is one thing, and people wouldn't realise when the troubles were a smite in the north. I was walking in the north in uh, for the breweries, and. Uh, it, it, everything would close down in the football fields at eight o'clock. That was it. You're you doing a training from quarter to seven to eight o'clock, and you had to be in. Everything was in the clubs. But the, the comradeship in tight situations like that, it, it it really escalated the GA into another level because it became a whole community, family. Everybody knew every single person in the club, and there could be hundreds. And the security was unbelievable tight at that time. But the one thing about it was everybody was carrying their own bags coming out. And the G, you just look at it. And it was, I often talk back when I seen the troubles there, reeling back the years and all these things. And if, if, I could nearly tell you every championship match we played and where we were, where we played it and where we drank after it. Not always then we came to the south. We went to our bars in the north as well. And the comradeship you'd have, and they thought more of it in the north than we did in the south, because they thought it was great for us to celebrate with them down there, and to know the hassle they're going through, and that's what they, that, that's what the G is about: the community, the families, and the people that plays the game. Yeah, Eugene, the time has caught up on us. It has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to talk to one of the great uh, sportsmen of of our of our of, of our age and of our country. You know, you're a brilliant footballer. You know, you've, you, you're fighting your own battle w with vigour. As I said, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And I hope that the next time you're down in East Clare that we get a chance uh, to meet up and maybe have a pint. Eugene Hughes, Th thanks a million. Thank you very much. Take care and thank you very much. God bless and mind yourself. The very best to look to you. Thanks, Eugene. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that concludes our sports on show here today on Scarif Bay Queen's Radio in Associated with their credit union on 88.3 and 92.7 FM. My thanks once again to our guest, Eugene Hughes. It was an absolute honour uh, to interview such a, a great gale. My thanks to Jim in the control door for keeping the, uh, the show running for us here. And thanks to you very much for listening. And all that remains is Amelia Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Sloan.